welcome to your new favorite bookish podcast, Fully Booked and Caffeinated. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Heather. And today we have our monthly bonus episode, Bookish Banter and More, where we discuss the other books we've been reading this past month and whether we recommend them, and also our other favorite pop culture obsessions. This is January's recap, so it is currently the 94th week of 2024, but somehow only the beginning of February. Let's talk about what we're drinking. What this are you drinking, actually, Heather? actually, though, been the longest week of my life. It's I don't been know the why. longest January ever. I was at work the other day, and I was talking to my coworker, and I just said, this day, it feels like it should be 5 o'clock, and it's only 11. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> it's, this day is just dragging. <laughs> That's the 9 to 5 life, baby. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Since we're recording in the evening, I'm treating myself to a nice mango cart beer. Just so good. One of my favorites. I do love a mango cart. And mm-hmm. oh, that can is just reminding me of the summer. summer. I know. Oh, I'm so I ready hate you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ready for summer. <laughs> well, I got my Nespresso shipment yesterday. So I had a new pod this morning. It's one of their like specialty ones. I don't know what it's called, but it's like hazelnut biscuit or something. Well, that I know, sounds it's very fun. fancy. It was very delicious. I had that with hazelnut creamer. Mm, hazelnut on hazelnut. Can't go wrong. Yeah, and it was delicious. And I had another hot coffee today, surprisingly. But I've been having to go outside with the dogs because Mumu is on house arrest. Uh-oh. So I was outside in the cold all day in my oh, puffy jacket. No. But anyway, so it's fine because it's fine. January is finally over. Thank God. And we're starting 2024 now. Today. Okay, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. I will start with my other reads from January. I actually have two left over from December that we didn't have a chance to talk about on our last episode. Um, The first one is Quiet Tenant. I'm not even going to try and say the author's name because it is very French and just look it up. I'll post a picture of it on our TikTok. Anyway, um, I really like this book. It's not necessarily a thriller per se, but it's like, very tense and it has this true crime feel because it's about this serial killer and then the book is told from the different povs of people associated with the serial killer so it's definitely for the true crime girlies and the audiobook was awesome because each woman had a different voice so you were able to tell them apart so i really like the audiobook and then my last book of december was overnight guest by heather gudenkoff I really liked this. It was super far-fetched. And after I read it, I was kind of surprised how much I liked it. But it's definitely like an atmospheric winter thriller. takes place during a snowstorm. It's it's really good. If you're able to just kind of like not take it too seriously, I really liked it. And then my first read of 2024 was The September House by Carissa Orlando. I'm obsessed with this book. I that's all I'm going to say because we're we're going to be covering it on the podcast at some point. So You're, I'm, I'm just not going to talk about what it. What a way to start 2024. I was so happy, but then I was like, "Is any book going to be able to top this? I don't know. We're gonna work. Stay tuned. We have 12 months to find out, mm-hmm. but I can't wait to reread it so that we can cover it on the pod. But anyway, so next I read Bright Young Women by Jessica Knoll. I didn't love this, but I think it's because I was expecting something different. It's so different from Jessica Knoll's usual tone, and I love her usual tone. So there was that, and then I thought it was a little scattered, like the timelines are all over the place. I do think people will enjoy this book 
especially with like the true crime feel of it. It just wasn't my favorite. And it was, it was kind of weird to read it after reading actual books based on Ted Bundy's crimes. Mm-hmm. because it's not exact, but it's close. I don't know. It was a little bit weird. I do think that a lot of people are going to like it. It just wasn't. I was expecting something different. Understood. Then I read Promise Not to Tell by Jennifer McMahon. This was good, considering this was her debut novel. So it was mm-hmm. super short. It didn't have that much character development or that many details. So it definitely read as a debut novel. But overall, the story was good. I liked it. It was a quick read. And then I read One by One by Ruth Ware. And I have said this all this podcast before. I'm just, I'm not a Ruth Ware fan, apparently. Okay. I thought I was, but it's a no. Um, This is a good read for winter. Like it's mm-hmm. got that, the claustrophobic atmosphere that we talked about, like with sanatorium and shiver, lots of suspense, but the characters were so stereotyped and just one dimensional. Like they had no personalities. It was oh, just, no. yeah, it was a rough one. It was a rough one. Um, It was very similar to Shiver in that they focused a lot on skiing as opposed to snowboarding. But there was a lot of terminology. Are all these authors researching this stuff extensively or are they combining their passions? I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Then I read Still Missing by Chevy Stevens. This was super dark, emotional roller coaster. It's about this woman who was kidnapped and held hostage. And then she escaped, and the book is told through her talking to her therapist after she escapes. And all of that was really good. But then at the end, they add in a twist. I felt it was for no reason. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt it was kind of unnecessary, and it just kind of, like, took away from the buildup. But it definitely shows that Chevy Stevens can write a very, very dark story. This was also her debut novel. So in my opinion, her books have gotten a lot better. I know you like her. You've, you've read a, you've talked about other books that you've read by her. Yeah, she's definitely, it's the same kind of vibes as like a Karen Slaughter or Jennifer Hillier. <clears throat> Not the same as good. I don't think that the stories are as detailed or as developed, but it's that same kind of like feel. So I think that's why I like her a lot. Mm -hmm. And then I started When We Were Animals by Joshua Gaylord and I DNF'd it. I'm so proud of you for DNFing a book. Round of applause, people. Clap in your car, clap in your house, wherever you are, because clap wherever you're listening. We love we love a DNF because there's too many books to read. And if you're not enjoying what you're reading, stop reading it. 100%. And that is what I'm trying to do more of this year. I was also so proud of myself for not just pushing through because I really wanted to. I mean, I did get about 60% in when I probably should have stopped earlier, but it's a start. Exactly. It's a start. And I was really excited for this because it was giving those nature vibes. And I love these nature thrillers, but it just wasn't for me. There was a lot of like, primal sexual references involving teenagers and abstract imagery that just wasn't i couldn't get behind and we've discussed sexual things with teenagers prior so i I understand Mm -hmm. and a lot about female teenagers and this is a male author so that's all i'm gonna say about that no thanks but i did end the month on a high note i read the violence by Delilah S. Dawson. I love this one. It's about three women who are basically in this cycle of abuse and survival. And then there's a pandemic 
that allows them to escape their circumstances. Mm. And that's all in the beginning. And that's like what the blurb says. Mm -hmm. But that's literally just the beginning of the story. And then there's this super like unexpected plot, all these crazy events take place, lots of fun characters. It was not what I expected at all. And I really, really liked it. It is very dark. There's like a three page trigger warning at the beginning, because there is a lot of talk of abuse and abusive relationships. But of course, it has a happy ending. (laughs) So anyway, so Lisa ended on a high note this month. And I know that you have quite a few books to talk about. I do. But can we confirm was September House your favorite read of the month? Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm so sorry. Yes. <laughs> no, I it just was wanted to confirm. Absolutely. Just wanted to confirm. I thought maybe it was the Josh Gaylord book, but I just wanted to like confirm real quick. <laughs> that was a close second, but we're going with September House. But yes, I somehow am back. I'm back, baby. I'm back. I am reading Ooh. multiple books. Another again. round of applause. <laughs> I'm reading multiple books. Now I'm on three different platforms. I am reading physical books, Kindle books, and I am now officially an audiobook listener. So I'm getting through them more so than I was six months ago. I also have one from December that I finished on New Year's Eve, actually, if I remember correctly. I finished this on New Year's Eve. Um, Six of Crows by Leigh Bardugo, which was one of the Grishaverse books, but not Grishaverse. This one's The Crows, but definitely my favorite read of December. I know we're like, it's a month ago, but it was my favorite read of December. I cannot wait to read Crooked Kingdom which is thick. She's a thick one. So I'll get to that eventually. Mm-hmm. But Six of Crows was definitely very good. So for the month of January, I read Jar of Hearts by Jennifer Hillier. Speaking of, you just mentioned her before. I know you've read this book. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. It's dark. It's very oh, yeah. dark, but very good and very well written. I believe this is my... F- wait, Maybe this is not. Was she the one that wrote Little no, Secrets? No, we've read one. Yes, yes, okay, so that this was is my for second, book club. And I really like Little Secrets. So mm-hmm. I definitely want to read more of her 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 work because she seems like a really good thriller, dark author. <laughs> yeah, The Butcher is really good by her too. Okay, that's All a good right. one. I will definitely, maybe I'll do the audio of that one. Mm-hmm. I listened to Never Lie by Frieda McFadden. No, thank you. Really? No, okay. It wasn't, I did not like it. People- okay seem to like it it has a crazy twist at the end that i actually hated and it made no sense but you know she's like churning these books out so i sometimes feel like they're not they're not as well tied together as other thriller authors we read not that i'm trying to knock her because her books are still good they they Mm -hmm. pull you in and that says enough in itself it doesn't have to be the most amazing book i've ever read if you can hold my attention then cool but yeah i wasn't a huge fan of this one a lot of repetitiveness in describing her relationship with her husband like she just says the same things every chapter so it just kind of got boring in that part but Mm -hmm. i read the last book in the chestnut springs cowboy romance hopeless by elsie silver it was good was it my favorite but i still enjoyed it okay and then i had i had told you i had joined netgalley for arcs and I got a mm-hmm. couple of them. So the one that I read this month was Bye Baby by, I actually don't know how to pronounce her name, Carola Lovering? I'm not sure. She wrote that other book. Sure. Yeah. She wrote that book, Tell Me Lies, or whatever it is. Did she read that one? Mm-hmm. I, think I don't I've think seen, so. I think you've read something by her. I feel like you have. I could be wrong. Okay. But 
So this was an arc. I must have not liked it. <laughs> I believe this release date for this book is in March. So when it comes closer to the release date, I will do a full review of it for the TikTok of my complete thoughts on it. But it wasn't okay. bad. It's categorized as a thriller. I would not put this in the thriller category at all. But I think her books are just in that vein. So but this one really wasn't very much of a thriller. So I'm not gonna give too much away just because it hasn't really been released yet. But okay. we'll, we'll see. And then my favorite read of the month you read last month or the or November, I can't remember. But I did the audiobook for None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Oh, yeah. I don't care if you've read it, the physical book, go back and listen to the audio. Because it's so, so good. Honestly, this is this was the best audio I've listened to so far. Really? Mm-hmm. Because it's really cool when they do like the interviews and the podcasting. It's just the sound quality is amazing. You can tell that they're like trying to do like an actual podcast recording. Mm-hmm. And then they had the same thing that you were talking about. They had two female readers. So one was for the one character. The one was for the other one. So you could mm-hmm. tell like whose POV it was. But hands down, I love this book. This was really, really so good. good. This was so really good. good. I like had to like keep listening to it. Like I bought more hours on Spotify because I had to like listen. I had to know what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, because it really takes a turn. Like mm-hmm. you think you know what's happening and yeah. then you're like, oh, this is escalating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was definitely my favorite read of January. Okay. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're back in the game. I am back in the game. And I know that you have an upcoming release, which we have talked about several times before, but the time has come. It's coming out next month. Are you talking about The Women by Kristen Hannah? Yes. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. I, I was very, I literally texted you this morning of how happy I was that it was a book of the month choice. And I immediately mm-hmm. chose that and was like, don't even care about the other books. Just ship me this one, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you pick one yet or not yet? I did. I picked the thriller, which I wasn't that excited about. But the reason I did it is so that I could add on Butcher and Blackbird. There we go. Yeah. So I didn't want to skip another month because I would miss out on adding that one. I'm glad so, you were able to add on because sometimes I thought in the beginning when you like become a new member, they don't let you do add-ons right away. Well, it uses a full credit. Yeah. Okay. Instead of being able to do like for five bucks or whatever, mm-hmm. it adds a full credit. But I skipped January, so mm-hmm. it made up for it. There you go. Any other books you're looking forward to for February? Actually, I don't know if it, it doesn't come out in February, I don't think. But AJ Finn, who wrote The Woman in the Window, has a new book coming out this year, and I had no idea. I think that it is in February. I saw that on some list that it's I was looking at. called End of at. Story. Yeah. But I really liked The Woman in the Window, so I would love to check that one out because that book was really mm-hmm. good. But yeah, yeah I, I, I feel like I haven't seen much else from yeah, AJ Finn. Yeah, and I didn't realize it's been that, a while. that he had a new book coming out. So I was like, oh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, Also, T. Kingfisher has a book coming out. It's called Mm. What Feasts at Night. And it's actually a sequel to What Moves the Dead, which I read at some point last year. And I really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to that one. And her covers are so cool looking. I actually really like her covers because I see like you posting them. I've seen like them on like Bookstagram and like Goodreads. Mm -hmm. Like I really think that her covers are really, it's really cool art. Yeah, it's like unique and kind of creepy, Mm -hmm. right up my alley. Exactly. I like it. (laughs) All right, so how about book news? Okay, I have a, it's not really book news. There's been a lot of talk on Book Talk recently about diversity, 
there was a book talker who basically did this 10 minute rant about how she refuses to read diversely, which I'm not even going to get into because she doesn't deserve the time spent. But it has sparked discussions about how we do have to actively seek out BIPOC and LGBTQ authors, because of course, they are not getting the same amount of publicity. Mm-hmm. And also in comparison to the amount of just books in general that are being published compared to white female authors. When I saw the stats, I like baffling, like over 80% of almost every genre is white female authors and not saying anything against it, but we do have to actively make sure that we are supporting all authors. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about it, especially for us as two white women, like we obviously fall into this trap ourselves and We've discussed how we're going to actively seek out more BIPOC authors, especially for the show. And so all that being said, I wanted to give five recommendations from five different genres, all from BIPOC authors, and hopefully we can do better in the future discussing more books, you know, from other authors. So for a thriller, we have What Never Happened by Rachel Housel Hall. The cover of this one is really pretty too. Mm. It has like these purple flowers on it. For horror. We actually read this for book club, Mexican Gothic mm-hmm. by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. That's a good one. Even more like horror, it's also kind of like supernatural. Yeah, it's like a nice mix. Yeah, yeah, it really is, uh-huh. and it's very unique and uh-huh. different. It was good than anything, and especially than anything that we read for book club. Mm-hmm. It was like very different than anything we'd read um, for romance. The Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory. Guillory. I actually read Drunk on Love by her. It might have been early last year, and that one was really good. So I can confirm okay. she's a really good, really good romance author. And this one is the first in a series, and mm-hmm. it looks like there's like six yeah. books in this series. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. I do want to read her more. Um, contemporary fiction, Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng. I did look up that pronunciation. <laughs> and Sometimes we're prepared. Yeah, sometimes. But if you've seen the... Was that on Hulu? I think that was a it Hulu was, show. It was, with Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the show is amazing. It was. And I think that it's pretty closely based on the book. So mm-hmm. that's been on my TBR forever. Me I too. Just, Me too. I feel like I put off books where I've already seen the TV or mm-hmm. movie adaptation because I I'm not as curious. Mm-hmm. But I definitely, I need to hop on that one. And then Fantasy, uh, Legendborn by Tracy Dion. This is also the first in a series. And it is young adult. Yes, but I've been fantasy. seeing people loving this book. Yeah. Oh, it has a ton of reviews mm-hmm. on Goodreads. Yeah. So those are just a couple. Add them to your TBR. Make sure that we're actively trying to support BIPOC authors, even if it's just reposting TikTok, Instagram, etc. Because like we said, you know, they're not getting the same level of publicity and mm-hmm. awareness. And it's not okay to say that you are actively not reading diversely mm-hmm. yes. like to what end it's fucking stupid it's not okay to be racist that's what uh, i'm trying to say i agree also i forgot i do have book i guess i don't know if it's book news but you talking about tiktok tiktok videos it made me think of something i saw recently there was this author that went off on tiktok complaining about how everyone should always rate their books at least three stars because authors work oh my so God. hard <laughs> They were like, if you're rating less than three stars, you're the problem. Uh-huh. No, bitch. Not really. Everyone's been like, read, read, 
what is remixing it or whatever you call it on on tiktok there you go everyone's Mm -hmm. been doing that because they're like that's you don't get to tell me how i write a book you're putting product Mm -hmm. out there your readers will review it how they see fit to their to them Mm -hmm. and as long as you're leaving reviews in a respectful way agreed like reviews are literally the point so that other people can know if they want to read that book yeah like reviews wouldn't exist if they didn't matter it's like when businesses can like delete all the bad reviews yeah and i don't know i feel as an author why would you want to put yourself in that line of fire Mm-hmm. You're going to tell your readers and maybe your future readers if you you're not going to have them now. But if you were going to have them, then if you don't rate your book th- at least three stars, you suck, basically. Just yeah. because just because you an author took all this hard work to write a book. And so they deserve to have a higher review than maybe they're actually worthy of. And it's also in the profession, you know, that you are setting yourself up for potential criticism mm-hmm. and it's kind of like don't yeah. read the negative reviews but that doesn't mean that people you know like or don't read the negative comments people are still gonna leave them like i know it's the same thing as being a movie director or an actor mm-hmm. a musician you're not gonna be everyone's cup of tea and you have to be okay with that to be in the industry mm-hmm. i did think of one other thing that's been circulating around tiktok which is very abominable so there's this pretty famous author jd barker have you heard about this no So he's like a New York Times bestseller. He's done a ton of books. He's worked with like very popular horror writers. Like he's relevant. He's Mm -hmm. not just like, you know, a a new guy on the scene, whatever. So he was basically messaging girls, sending them emails and trying to get them to promote his books with by sending him half naked photos. Oh, no. Basically like suggesting that he would pay for the photos, but they had to send the photos to him first for him to approve. And then he would decide whether he was going to use them or pay them or whatever. And there was like suggestions. And one of them was like, oh, you could be naked and have the book just covering like your naughty bits. It was like, it was so fucking gross. Oh, no. And a lot of the girls that he was sending this to were underage. Of course they were. Of course they were. I'm not remotely surprised. Yeah. So basically, the world is a dumpster fire continuously never ending and that's why we need to read books to escape to even escape though our books our are really real dark world because <laughs> even even the dark worlds that are fictional are better than the ones that we currently live in <laughs> exactly because then we can justify that they are fake this is mm-hmm. why fantasy is so damn popular because mm-hmm. it's escapist mm-hmm. we need to get the hell out of here anyway all of that being said what other escapist forms Do we need to discuss TV, movies, podcasts? Hit me with it. All right. I'll start with podcasts because that's, I don't have as many as I do TV shows. So there's two podcasts that I listened to this month. I'm not going to go into super detail about them. They were just interview podcasts, but I thought that they were really good. Selena Gomez was on Smartless. It was just a really, really good interview. She talks a lot about mental health. So love that. The second one was Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day was on Armchair Expert promoting his new album their new album and again hearing you know you you go into you discover these musicians and you know nothing about their backstory Mm -hmm. you just enjoy them so he talked a lot about their early days in green day and again it was just it was just super interesting to hear how they came about and also apparently i feel so old like green day's been around since like the early 90s (laughs) 
like the time of your life is like over 20 it's like 25 years old or something really and i'm like that was like my that was like my graduation song <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh yeah so it also made me feel super old but yeah, yeah don't love I, that but it was a really good interview and it was really cool like he's been with his wife since green day began so him and his wife have been together for a very long time and it was just i highly recommend especially if you're a fan of green day it was a really good episode that's cool mm-hmm. that's really cool especially because in the industry it's sometimes very hard for relationships to stay healthy mm-hmm. for podcasts i only have a couple of like one-off episodes Tyson's Survivor podcast, he's actually doing an off-season kind yes, of series. I listened to that. It's mm-hmm. so he it's New Era Game Changers, and he had an episode with Bruce, mm-hmm. which I was like, I did like incredible. that. It was good. Yeah, and they've been talking shit about Bruce the whole season. Mm-hmm. Not in a uh not in a rude way, but no. just like in a and he like, Oh my and, god. And Bruce, like, Bruce takes it. Bruce is like, it's cool. I don't mind. He loves it. He loves it. Uh, and then they did an episode with Gabler. I didn't listen to that was, one yet. Ooh, was that this week? This yeah. Last week? Okay. Yes. Yeah, it mm-hmm. just came out yesterday, I think. And Gabler's just not who you would expect. Like, he, he's just not the person, this, like, flighty person that he portrayed on the show. Like, he is a super intelligent, super emotionally intelligent man. Like it was very cool to see that other side of him because I feel like the way he was edited, no one really felt like he Mm -hmm. deserved to win. I don't know. So I, I think it will maybe change your opinion of him a little bit, which is cool. Cool. And then Johnny Bananas did a, an episode pre traders before season two started where he had Suri on. Oh, no way. Yeah, and I was like, I'll listen to anything that, you know, Suri is doing. And But it was cute because she was fangirling over him. She's like, I watched the challenge. I'm obsessed with reality TV. Like, it was adorable. Um, But she basically just talked about, you know, her strategy for going into these games. And like I said, I'll listen to anything that she does. So I enjoyed it. I actually think it's very interesting that, which we both are watching Trader Season 2, obviously. Which, by Mm -hmm. the way, new episode drops tonight in 15 minutes. So in case, so in case you have no plans after this. And then, <laughs> but I thought it was really interesting that they did all reality TV show people for this season. Mm-hmm. No, like newcomers. It's just strictly all reality people. I thought that was interesting. I wonder why. I know. Because I liked having people that weren't famous coming in to play the game with stellar reality TV stars that have mm-hmm. like played games. So maybe but. Andy and... I can't remember the guy's name. Maybe they were so emotionally scarred that Traders was like, we cannot do this again. We need we need reality TV people who are used to being backstabbed. Yeah, this is true. That's a, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, th- this season is really good so far. Yeah. It's so outlandish and ridiculous. I so fucking love it. But we oh, love Bergie. The outfits. Bergie. Bergie. Bergie's the, the unexpected mm. superstar. Mm-hmm. Love him. What other TV shows? We know The well, Bachelor just started. Yes, The last Bachelor week. just started, which I love Joey already. I knew I loved Joey oh. before going into this, but I truly feel like he is one of the most wholesome bachelors that they've casted that's not gonna turn out to be terrible in the end. Like mm-hmm. Clayton, kind of a dick. Zach, kind of a dick. They all kind mm-hmm. of tra- their trajectory wasn't great. I see Joey kind of being like smooth sailing. 
I think that he's going to be a really decent guy throughout the entire series. And they said it on Love to See It podcast, like, you can tell that he grew up with sisters. Mm -hmm. Like, the way that he treats the women, the way that he uplifts them, the way that he, like, worries about them. Mm -hmm. So you could just tell that he knows women, Mm -hmm. which is, like... Something that not a lot of the past bachelors have. They don't. Which, okay, speaking of, I obviously didn't like Pilot Pete on his episode of The Bachelor, but I kind of like him him on Traitors. I love him in Traitors. Same thing. And that was kind of how it was with Ari. I didn't like his season of The Bachelor, but I loved him (gasps) in Traitors. Yes, that is so true. (laughs) I I forgot about Ari, but yeah, I Mm -hmm. also really liked him Mm -hmm. on Traitors. Okay, so basically... If your career is ruined for being on The Bachelor, try and get cast on Traitors and you can fix everything. It'll save everything. (laughs) Easy as that. Um, I also watched The Trust on Netflix. I, I, I need to start that. I remember seeing like so juicy and I remember I was actually going to text you about it because I was like this is up our alley and then Mm -hmm. everything gets lost for me mom brain but I do really want to watch that yeah it's juicy it's so basically the concept is however many people go into this house and they already are splitting a cash prize Mm -hmm. so they're already walking away winners but they have to split that cash prize evenly and so then the whole season is just they have the choice to start voting people out if they want so they can either like ride it out to the end or they can start backstabbing each other and it's just oh a new kind of social experiment is the entire series up yes now it is cool um i also watched two docuseries the prison confessions of gypsy rose oh gosh i know we're tired of hearing about her i'm tired of hearing about her the show was well, first of all, it was done by Lifetime, so it mm. wasn't done mm. yeah. that well. It was, like, jumping all over the place. I was like, can I get a chronological? Can I get timestamps? I don't know what's going on. They featured her husband, like, a lot. Could have done without all that. Um, yeah, it was just... I had to watch it because Mommy Dearest, when I watched that documentary, mm. like, holy shit. Because you can see both sides. Yeah. Like, yes, she's she's not a murderer, but she assisted in murdering her mom after a lifetime of abuse. But now, now that she's out and she's on like her press tour, she's living. How is she making money off of her I crimes is my question. Know. It's I don't know. It's like Casey Anthony all over again. Exactly. It's well, at least she served some, some time. I know. There's that. Yeah. And then I also watched the American Nightmare documentary, which everyone is talking about. What's that on? On Netflix. It's a. Uh, it's only three episodes on Netflix, and it is very good. It is very okay. infuriating, mm. but it's very good. It's based on the Gone Girl case, which Ooh. I feel like we've listened to like podcast episodes about. I actually don't know that I've ever listened to anything about that. I think... I think they might have done it on like MFM when we used to listen. Okay. So it, once you watch it, it kind of jogs your memory a little bit. Okay. I'll have to check that one out too. What else Ugh. are you well, watching? I'll finish my, my reality before I talk about the one scripted series that I watched. I have officially binged Love Island season seven, mm-hmm. Love Island season six, mm-hmm. and Love Island season five. All in the nice. month of January, and I'm also halfway through season four. <laughs> and oh also, God. can't forget, Love Island All-Stars started on Peacock this week. And yes, I am uh-huh. fully caught up. <laughs> well, January was 94 weeks long, like we said. I am 
just cruising through these. I have three more seasons to go and then I'm fully caught up and you damn well know I'm starting Love Island Australia season one as soon as I finish all these UK ones. <laughs> oh my gosh. I do kind of wish that I had watched all the seasons before All Stars. That's what I was trying to do. I was I trying so hard. But like, so I knew who Georgia Seal was because she was on X on the Beach, the snow one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Georgia Harrison was on the challenge. So I knew mm-hmm. them. I knew everybody else. And I just don't know the season one people, Hannah and Lewis and then Josh. Yeah. I just don't know anything about them, but I'll get to their series eventually. But I knew everybody else because I've been watching all the seasons. Mm-hmm. I love how on Love Island All-Stars, when they're introducing them, they show like their cringiest moment from uh-huh. their season. Yeah. So good. So I have, good. And I know that you watched Love Island season five this month because mm-hmm. I told you you had to. I am do not understand how Tommy and Molly did not win. I don't understand it. It's not possible. Like, it's not... The the guy, what was his name? Tommy? No, no, the one that um that Amber was with. Greg? Yeah. He just came in the house I was, a week ago. But I think that Amber had a really big following. I think that people... Yeah, she said she were, gained, like, two million yeah, followers. Yeah, no, people... And I think that's why Amber... And I don't get me wrong, I loved Amber. She definitely... Mm-hmm. It took me a while to really like her, but then I, I loved her by the end of the season. I think that people just really liked her and i think that they wanted yeah i think it was more her than her relationship oh absolutely if I, it came down to relationships really tommy last. and molly should have won i'm obsessed I, with them i'm also obsessed with them now but when i first started watching if you had told me that they were going to last i know and get married and have a child i would have laughed in your face but it was actually so fun watching it because then they were talking about oh like if we have a future together oh like if we get married if we have a kid and like now they're married and Mm -hmm. have a kid and i was like i love that for you Mm -hmm. guys i love that you manifested it and it happened and also i'm obsessed with tommy like he worshipped the ground that she walked on one of the best males on love island ever I was like, "What? How are you single? Why are you on this show?" I mean, I obviously, know. it was all meant to be, but like, especially being like a professional sleeper. athlete, and I feel like prof- athletes are usually meh. He was amazing, mm-hmm. and being that hot, I mean, <laughs> he's a hot man. Uh-huh. <laughs> and him and Curtis just had the cutest oh relationship. They should have won. They should have won the money. Their friendship. You know what? Should have won the money. Tell you though. It n- not as much on the Love Island US seasons, but the men friendships on Love Island UK is otherworldly. They're affectionate mm-hmm. with each other. They're like besties. They cry together. I'm like, mm-hmm. I wish the men in the US were like this because I'm lo- I'm living for this. I'm living for the male yeah. friendships. You can tell how much more emotionally mm-hmm. mature yeah. and emotionally intelligent they are just as yeah. men like they still do fucked up things but like the way that they have each other's mm-hmm. backs and they're not afraid to express themselves to each other is so awesome to yep. watch yeah so yeah that was especially because my... the girls are not like the girls are just as catty they as are. they are on the u.s mm-hmm. version they are but that was all my scripted and then or reality I did watch one scripted show. I watched the newest season of Fargo okay. on FX on Hulu. Me and Eric actually binged it in like two days. He had never watched the previous seasons. I have, and I really like them. Oh my God. it's Fargo is so quirky and weird, but it's so good mm-hmm. and it works. I just okay. highly recommend it. I didn't want to describe it. I can't even explain to you what it's about because I just can't, but it's very, mm-hmm. very good. Juno Temple is in it. She's in Ted Lasso. John Hamm is in it from Mad Men. 
mm-hmm. Joe Keery from Stranger Things. He plays Steve Harrington. He's in it. And he plays... What genre? Is, like, is it a comedy? Is it a... What it's, is it? A, just a drama? It's a drama, but, like, dark comedy as well. Okay. So okay, it's kind of... Like yeah. The situations are just so far-fetched that it makes you, like, you don't... You can't even understand it. But the casting okay. is always really good. So I highly recommend it. If you like weird, quirky shows, I recommend Fargo. Okay. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I didn't watch anything scripted the only other thing i did uh we went to the city and i watched harry potter and the cursed mm-hmm. child that counts on broadway and it was very good i enjoyed it i don't think someone who doesn't know the story of harry potter would really enjoy it as much which i think is kind of like unfair like mm-hmm. just you know what i yeah. mean like it's just not a story that you can really follow as much but the performances were so good especially the teenage boys um harry potter's son and draco's son oh my god so good it also we got there and i was like wait is this gonna be a musical because like it's on broadway it's not a musical not all yeah not (laughs) all broadway shows are musicals i saw of like of mice and men on broadway clearly that wasn't a musical (laughs) oh okay well i've i've only seen really like the disney Mm -hmm. ones those are all musicals Mm -hmm. so i was like are they about to burst into song right now that would have been great so though. confused <laughs> i know but then they didn't so but yeah that was really good all right so book question yes do you want to go first yes so in in honor of us finally doing akatar my question for you and this cannot be your answer what is a popular book or series that you haven't read yet that you want to hmm I think probably well this is kind of cheating because I read the first one Shadow and Bone but I definitely want to read the other ones like Akatar yeah. I'm reading the other ones because I need to see what the hype is about yeah but Shadow and Bone like I really enjoyed mm-hmm. the first one and I really enjoyed just the whole tone of it and I don't think it's a series that I would have read if you hadn't highly suggested it to me you know what I mean so that's one I know it's kind of cheating because I already know that I like the first one, it's but fun. there's a lot more to go. There so is. there is. All right. So what is your answer? Because you can't say Akatar either. No, <laughs> but it is a Sarah J. Mass series, Throne of Glass, which has, okay. and I talked about this on the episode, multiple books, and they just get larger and larger as you move on. That's the YA one, right? Yes, but people... Okay love this one even more than Akatar and Crescent City. So I very much okay. I have the first like six books. I just haven't started it. So I think I have too much on my plate. So casual. But I, I will have the first six books. <laughs> but I've not read them yet. So but yeah, but I'm, them and that's all that matters. My I will at least read the first two this year. I can promise that. I'll circle okay. back. I'll circle back at the end of the that's year. That's good. It's it's <laughs> February. So you've got mm. time for me to I do. I do. Follow up with you. Yeah. <laughs> and now that you're back on your reading game, yes. you can do it. Uh-huh. Okay. My book question. I want you to open up your Goodreads right now okay. and tell me how many books are marked on your want to read list. Oh, no. <laughs> you don't want to know. Hold on. 648. <laughs> oh, my God. You okay. Have? That's way more than I have. I'm baffled. 648 648 mm-hmm. how many books did you read in january seven okay 
So for the next 100,000 years, because you have to factor in how many you're going to add to your TBR before then, coming from the person who's just casually said, well, I have the first six books, but I haven't read them yet. Okay. Mine is only 352. So I like almost double yours. Yeah. But okay, the worst part is I have another list of my Goodreads, which is books that I've purchased because I have made the mistake of double buying books, especially if I bought them on my Kindle. You could make like an extra Yeah, you can make another shelf. Oh, okay. So I have a shelf titled Purchased and that has 125 books on it. Oh my God. We have, we both have a problem. It's so satisfying when I read a book that's not from the library, like one that I've actually purchased and I can mark it off that list. It's so satisfying. You're like, yes, success. And then I go buy another book. Wow, I'm just shell-shocked by your number. Yeah. That's overwhelming. I have anxiety right now about it. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. Anyway, is there anything else we have to cover? Because you got to go, you got to get on your list. You got to go read. read You got to go. I'd have to read like a book a day for the next two years to make a dent. Yeah. But like for the next three years to account for new books coming out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, at least now you're reading on three separate platforms. I know. It's so you helpful. are going to make a I, bigger yeah, dent. I, I really will. Wow. All right. <laughs> I, I won't keep you from your books any longer. <laughs> That's all we have for you this month. If you like what you heard, please make sure to follow, subscribe, and rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. If you have any book recommendations, don't send them to us. We have too many books to read. But if you have questions for us, you can email us at fullybookedcalfpod at gmail.com. Also go and follow us on our socials. That's where we post our upcoming reads. We're also posting more in-depth reviews. We are on Instagram and TikTok at fullybookedcalfpod. Thanks for checking us out. And remember, if you need us, we're fully booked. Bye. Bye.